broadcasting live from the ES690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. It was a good week, you know, for us. Um, again, it was the first time really since that first mini camp several weeks ago uh, to be, you know, out there and, and the way the way I've got it set up. You know, um, we're working some first and second down, some third down, some red zone stuff, and throughout the course of the week, so we're throwing a lot at the guys. And, and right now, the guys have really handled the information. They've taken it from the classroom to the practice field, and, and that's really what we want to see right now. You can't see physicality and all that kind of stuff, and tackling and all that yet. But um, you know, the guys are—they're moving in the right way. They're—they're they're practicing fast. They're—they're they're protecting each other, and that's what we want to see, and that's what I want to see this time of year. That is Doug Peterson talking about his football team. And the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars begins week two of OTAs. Trying to get a lot accomplished as they try to turn this thing around here in the River City. Uh, he talked a little bit today about the mixture of youth and veterans and uh, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff and insightful things from Doug Peterson uh, along the way so far. And a lot to like but it all doesn't matter if it doesn't end up in good results sooner or later. It's about flipping this franchise around. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, Doug Peterson, the latest task with trying to do that. Brent Morton alive at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Looks like they verified uh, the back nine over here today. It's that time of year. Front nine is in good order. Got some players out there behind us. Uh, I played here Thursday. I played absolutely terrible. And nice. Well done. In terrific shape. I played so bad Thursday, and I played a lot of golf in the last week. Looks like it, yeah. Yeah, a lot. Like, I haven't played this much golf in a while, and I feel it. Um, that's a different story. But um, I played so bad Thursday and Friday morning. I played two, and I was like, what am I doing? Because I knew we were going to stream song. When you go to, like, a, like a nice play, well, a lot of nice play. We play a lot of nice courses even right here. But when you go on, like, a trip like that, you're like, man, I hope I really play well, right? I hope I really play well. And, mm -hmm. And like, well, I can go into that weekend feeling good. <laughs> I actually played pretty well, like for me. Like I played well, um, and way better than I hit it Thursday and Friday. So I got that going for me. Well, that's good. Uh, you just need to warm up, up, right? Yeah, can't keep up with the kid. That's a different story. But uh, yeah, we actually talk a little bit of golf tomorrow on our. <laughs> I should talk a lot of golf. It's called the Dream 18 Show, and that's what we do uh, tomorrow at two o'clock. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll be live from Devoli's House of Cards, uh, right down the road from here. And w one of the things we're going to talk about is actually like. Not bucket list, per se, because a lot of people say, hey, I want to go to St. Andrews. Hey, I want to go out and play Augusta, Pebble Beach. But more like like the stream songs of the world. I don't think, like, stream songs on people's bucket lists, but it's like that trip, that golf experience, that destination golf. And, and there's a bunch of them now around the country. Like, that is a thing. And so we'll get into, like, where are some of the places to play that would be cool from a golf destination? Like, we, you know, we, we just play, Ty and I, we connected with a couple other people uh, in Streamsong, but we, there was a group at the hotel there. They had 16 fathers and sons playing Ryder Cup format. Oh, that's cool. Like, really fun. Like, see, and, and a lot of people do that. Like, that listen to the show. They've done that over the years. Like, go on golf trips. I don't, I haven't done that. I haven't done, like, golf trips with buddies or that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And hopefully, like, later now that once the kids get out of school and all that stuff, I probably will do a little more of that, but um, that's what happens when you get married at, like, 18. You don't do those trips. True. Yeah. I didn't get married at 18, but close enough. Close so, enough. 
um, a little different. But that was not, wouldn't that be fun? Like kind of father and son Ryder Cup format. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, I'm six, in. Sixteen. Me uh, and Chip, we'd be killing it. Well, the thing is, like, I don't have sixteen. I'm not sure if I know sixteen people that I want to go with. Oh no, for like a few not. days. No, 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 no. Absolutely. So can we limit that? Maybe like eight. Like four at best. <laughs> four. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk some golf tomorrow, 2 o'clock on the Dream 18 show. That one's brought to you, by the way, uh, by Florida Georgia Windows and Doors and Power T. So if you haven't caught the show, hopefully you can catch it tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Always available in podcast form. So is this show, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson. We've got to talk about this. I mean, this was sports radio gold that happened over the weekend. Yeah. And we're off like, oh, my goodness. We will talk about it in just a moment. I have this first. Okay. Couple of nuggets from the the trip, um, okay. and not related to the golf part. Tampa traffic, like you're from the Tampa area, yeah, man. Like Tampa traffic was awful. Yeah, it's bad these days. Like, is it always bad? Like people say Orlando traffic. I haven't spent a ton of time in Tampa. Yeah, like we were, like actual driving around and stuff. Uh, maybe go to somewhere and then boom, that's it. You're out and on to the next thing. I don't know why that surprised me, and it's okay. Like that's fine. Like I'm a pretty patient guy, so I don't care. No, but you're not. yeah, I mean, I am in that setting. Like everybody oh. else is complaining and moaning about traffic. Like I'm, I'm fine. Um, but it is noticeable. It's oh like, yeah. Wow. It's... Like I, I did not. Everywhere, every time we got in the car, it was significant traffic. Yeah, it's been a slow build for Tampa, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty bad these days, uh, especially if you get caught up in the wrong time at the wrong spot. Were you? Did you guys stay at Hard Rock? We did. And you went to the Trop? Yeah, it's a hike. Yeah. Well, we we drove right to the, the tr- really the most traffic we had, and this is probably a little bit of Memorial Day weekend, too, is getting, it took us a while to get to Tampa. Yeah, I'll tell you this, Ocala on 75 yes, has that was where turned, we went. Yeah, yeah, it has turned into the worst spot in Florida. Like, my friend got caught up in it, me and Amanda get caught up in it consistently when we go down to Bradenton, like... That is like the worst spot these days. I don't know what the deal with Ocala is, but we gotta, we gotta keep moving, folks. Like I don't know why we're going so slow, but yeah, that's a horrible spot. I'll give it to you. Yeah, and so the the traffic is so bad in Tampa, um, and it wasn't bad at all yesterday going through Orlando. Yeah. So is the traffic? You know, the, all that yeah. stuff is done. Well, not done, but it's like almost done. Mm-hmm. All the road work, and it was didn't slow down once. Yeah, it's it's weird with Orlando. The last couple times I've done it, because now, because of the Ocala situation, if I go to Bradenton, I go through I-4. Because what I found recently about Orlando is if you can, you can hit it at right times. Like, you used to not be able to. To your point, it was like Tampa. But now in Orlando, you can kind of hit it at the right times, and you'll fly through. Because granted, you can, on I-4, like, you can pretty much go as fast as you want uh, if you're safe. Because nobody's pulling you over in downtown Orlando. It just doesn't happen. So you can hit Orlando at right times now, but Tampa has turned. T- it, the tide is turning, Brent. The tide is turning in the traffic world for sure. I was stunned. Like, you know, because you're so mentally prepared for traffic in yes. Orlando. Like, I-4 is just a mess, you mm-hmm. know, and it has been for years. And obviously some of that's the – this was even before the, tra- the construction. But the construction in Orlando felt a little bit like the big dig in Boston where it took – Seriously, a decade. Yeah, agreed. Took forever. But and it's a it was a you know heavy lifting, like literally. But yeah. I tell you what, they I think they might have done it right, like that. It works. And, yeah. And maybe I just hit a sweet spot last, but it was like 
you know, evening, like 6.30, 7 o'clock-ish, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Like, that's not late. No, and not really. No traffic in, near Disney. No traffic through downtown Orlando. No traffic. Like, we actually had a car. I've never, I don't know if we just caught this and there was a cop, like, in front of us that cordoned off an area, but a car had hit the, the guardrail. Okay. And that didn't, like, I, I said to Steph, like, five times, like, how did that not back us up for, like, three miles? It didn't. True. It's a good call. It was the weirdest thing. Like, it, it may have just been fresh enough where there was a cop in front of us, and then he had his lights on, and then kind of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, eliminated the, the left lane there. But, and so it may have just worked out that it just happened, but, like, it didn't look like it. The guy was already out of his car and just sitting there talking on the phone and, um... So I thought we'd be stuck even at that point, and it wasn't. It was just like everybody just kept going. Yeah, I'll tell you this. The last couple of times I've came through Orlando to come back to Jacksonville um, at night. I, I did the soccer game, if you remember, and then I went yeah, to yeah, yeah, my yeah. dad's uh, birthday. They're doing this thing right at Celebration, which is usually like the worst spot, where they're closing all the lanes of I-4, and you have to get off at like where the Disney airport is and then you go around because that's like a big long ramp that you can eventually get back on. So you're lucky you didn't hit it any later because at like nine o'clock they close I four and it turns into like a huge backup. So you might have got pretty really? lucky there. Yeah, it's yeah, really I guess bad. So. Happened I mean, to me twice. Might have just got lucky, but I did not think I'd be saying Tampa was just a flat out mess and Orlando was awesome. Yeah. When it comes to traffic, like I didn't. I mean, I knew Tampa could be. Big. I mean, it's a big city. But yeah. I mean, but every time you got in the car, didn't matter what time of day, what day, and and every time you yeah. got into something. You did yourself no favors, though, from going to Hard Rock to the Trop, which for those that don't yeah. understand it, Hard Rock is about 30 minutes. It's honestly not even really Tampa. It's like the outskirts of Tampa, and then you got to yeah. go all the way through Tampa, and then as most people know, the Rays are not actually in Tampa. They're in St. Pete. Then you got to go through Pea Park, which there's traffic in Pea Park. It's a whole mess. Yeah, it's not close, but, like, we were initially just going to go to the Friday night game and then go to the Hard Rock and then go Saturday mm-hmm. to, I mean, not go to the game Saturday. Well, then we ended up getting tickets Saturday, so we watched Love the Trump so much, you had to go back for round two, Brent. Yeah, I'll get into that. In America but, Stadium. But I teased, like, Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson, and maybe I will go a little baseball here in a moment because that, I had a better experience at the Trump. I'll say that. Um yeah. <laughs> Don't defend the drop. Love the drop. Sucks. All right. Tropicana uh, feel, baby. The uh, did you? So when did you see the Jock Peterson, Tommy Fam? I mean, they fought over fantasy football from a year ago. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. But not uh, they, by the way. This is all on Tommy Fam. I yeah. mean, grow up, dude. Tommy Fam's had some interesting altercations throughout his career. Uh, so when we were on the cruise, Amanda got Wi-Fi on like Wednesday or something. Or maybe it was Friday. I don't remember. But she kind of said, like, what's going on with this? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then when we got off on, like, the weekend and I got home, I looked into it and I was like, oh, well, this is different. Um, But it's funny that it's – I think it's funny that it's Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson, two guys that have been called hotheads in their career. And I think it's funny that it's those two guys that got into it. Is there any way to interpret this other than Tommy Pham's an idiot? (laughs) Uh, No. No, no, probably not. It, it, well, it's not a good look for sure for Tommy well, Pham. It's not only that; it's like it wasn't a good look to do what he did. I mean, basically assaulted a guy before a game. 
Pretty much. Over fantasy football. Now, it wasn't like crazy, crazy, but the video's kind of sketchy. It's hard to see, but it's still like assault. Yes, yes, it is. He did did slap him. him. Yeah. So, and he gets suspended three games. But then, like, in the media stuff, like, some of the quotes coming out were like, like, unapologetic and, yeah, man, I do it again type stuff. Like, that over fantasy football. I mean, have we reached a point in fantasy football? Does this happen more often? I don't think so. I, I don't I, think. I mean, seriously, like, I'm not talking about with guy. I'm not talking about with, like, pro guys. Like, yeah. Do things get heated in the fantasy football world, or are we still to the point where even if we're playing for some couple of bucks and bragging rights and everybody loves it, that fantasy football still, we know what it is, and it's still fun at the end of the day, even if we rip people and want the bragging rights and want the belt and want the trophy and want the money and all this stuff. We know we can only control what we can control, and it's still fun at the end of the day. Like, I believe that's the way it still is, but has it gotten to a point where there are probably more Tommy Pham stories than we know? There probably is. I think now that when you're playing for the kind of money that I think these guys are playing for, then, yeah, I could understand being upset. Um, But, listen, I play in a lot of fantasy football leagues, and I've never gotten slapped once. Um, Back in the day, my my best fantasy football cheating story of all time is – we were playing in a free league, okay? So take that for what you will. The league was free. And my team was like, oh, and everything. And I, I don't even remember who I had at the time. But one of my friends was winning. I was like, yeah, I'll trade you him for nothing. Like, as a joke. And he sent me an offer, and I accepted it. Nobody cared because, one, we were playing for free, except this old baseball coach I had. His name was Greg. Greg hates me to this day still. Really? Yeah. And I was like, Greg, we were playing for nothing, bro. I haven't talked to him since. It's been, I'm serious. It's been like 10 years. He still talks to my friend Kevin. Doesn't talk to me. I couldn't get over, like, I kept seeing stuff. on Because, again, I'm kind of checked out a little bit, too. Like, I was trying to get away a little. I mean, you never get fully away. Well, you can. I did. In the middle of the ocean. But, I mean, you can actually out there. But, like, I wasn't getting fully away. And so I kept seeing this stuff. I saw, like, this Jock Peterson interview. I'm like, okay, this is odd. This is weird. And then the next day, another interview. I'm like, how many interviews are we going to do about fantasy football Tommy Pham Jock Peterson? Like, is there no, there's no doubt in my mind that someday when their careers are over, we are getting celebrity boxing match, Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, we are. Like, that's it. It's probably already been signed. Probably, and, I, and I'll watch. I tell you what, Tommy Pham, listen, he's done some things that aren't great, like I said, and Jock Peterson is also a bit of a hothead, so I think it'd be a fantastic boxing match. I'll tell you, Jock Peterson will come out with all the swag, so much drip. He's got that over Tommy Pham by far, so there is a you know a, a slight up to Jock Peterson at this point because of the swag. But yeah, I think so. I, I'm in for that celebrity boxing. I'd buy the pay per view, unless it, prob- you know inflation keeps going up. Then <laughs> the uh, they're both kind of weird dudes, right? Eh, different. I'm not, I'm not going to call nobody weird. I'll say different. Yeah, I mean, I mean, weird can be good, but I mean, they're a difference, probably good. Trying, trying to help. Yep. Yeah, I mean, hope you're not offended. They're weird dudes. Different. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, like, uh, just the whole thing, the whole thing was, was bizarre. All right, uh, quick uh, baseball. Yep. So the drop. Yeah. I actually, I'm not. I hate the drop. Okay, mm-hmm. like it's not baseball. Yeah, it is. And so, I. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, you know, it does feel different. Like, I feel like they've dressed it up since the last time I was there, which was probably some six years ago. Maybe oh, yeah. Signage, like a little more life, like 
But the crazy thing is, it is so weird to see a game these days where you don't see a video replay on every play. So, like, they have their little Jumbotron, and it's a little Jumbotron. It's not that little. And they'll only show, like, when it's a good play by the Rays. Yes, correct. And, like, they had, like, one camera. It's like me shooting a Creekside game. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Well. Like, for M- by MLB standards. By Creekside standards, for me, it's pretty good. But, like, by MLB standards, it wasn't even good. But, like, mm-hmm. but. Like, the Trop, they've dressed stuff up with some of the history. They have, like, you know, the best players that play there. Like, some of those stuff in the concourse. Yeah. And it was so damn hot, especially on Saturday, yeah. that that's when, you do, that's when you do enjoy it a little bit more. You're like, I can get away with this a little bit more. Yeah, you can. Just imagine it if it would have started raining. Stadium. Why didn't they just, by the way, like, I don't know how they don't lose ball. Like, Steph and, and Kaylee especially couldn't, they couldn't get over how they couldn't lose the ball in the roof. And, and as a fan, it's really hard to see the ball when it gets up there. Nah. Oh, yeah. Depends there's on where you're just, sitting. Yeah, there's something you can't see. Like, you just don't. But now the fielders probably just have a better view, and they can see it. Yeah. And they, there are no problems with it. But that in its – like, what I said about the trial is who in the right mind, whatever architect, engineer, whatever, said, hey, we're going to do this. And that other person that had to approve it was like – that is freaking awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, who said that? I mean... Like, who approved? Did they have renderings when the no, trap was built? And no. who the hell approved them? Well, you know, you you must... You probably don't. The trap was where the Lightning used to play. They played early on there? Yes. And then it, transi- and then it transitioned. It never was rebuilt. So the people that signed off on it were like, hockey, check. And then it was like, oh. How many people did they put in there for hockey? Not much. It wasn't, the Lightning weren't like, if I remember right, the Lightning weren't like the Lightning yet. Like, they were like still coming up. I forget the whole story, but the Lightning play was called like the Thunderdome. It must have been, I, I kind of remember that now, the Thunderdome. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I don't know. So man, the person that signed off for it never envisioned fly balls is what I'm guessing, to defend those people. Well, that's good. They just, yeah, they were like, the puck isn't going to go that high. And even if, we'd see it because it's black and the roof's white. But I, I will say this. They've done a good job building up. The only thing is, if they would just, like, put windows in there, yeah. I feel like you could do so, like, it would, that's the thing. See, that's the thing with the Miami Park, is that they put that big glass window out in left field, and so you feel like you're in the city. Like, you can see the skyline and stuff. Yeah. And I've only been there, I think, once. I may have been there twice, and it's been a while now. But if I remember correctly, like, left field is fully, like, glass. It is. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, now, they used to have that stupid thing there, too. Like, you know, that wasn't stupid, like but, run. yeah, go but, on. But anyway, like, it doesn't feel like you're indoors the whole time. Like, this feels like you are just so indoors, which we know. But why didn't, couldn't they even upgrade with just some glass windows somewhere high up there to get some daylight in? Yeah, that would be cool. I think the, I, I think they should have done that in left field. The problem is the view just knowing the stadium as I do, the, if you were to put glass in left field, it'd be a parking lot that you're looking at. Like, you wouldn't be looking at downtown. The only way you could look at downtown would be, like, right center, and they have, like, the touch tank and stuff there, and they built the boardwalk, so you're yeah, never yeah, yeah. going to put windows there. So I think if you put windows in left field, you're looking at, like, a parking lot, and it's not that exciting. By so. the way, like, outside of th- that St. Pete area, since I've been there, has been built up quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And so, like, it's not that bad right outside the ballpark. No. 
but it used to be just Ferg's. A couple of things. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, Ferg's is obviously huge, and but it's not like terrible. And I'm almost wondering they're doing so much. Like Tampa, I think, is the fastest growing city in the country. Mm-hmm. And if they're doing so much, will they ever get enough people out there and more stuff out there that maybe being out there isn't that bad? Yeah, I think I think they've done a good job with what they have done in that general area because, I mean, heck, it used to literally just be Fergs, and now they've built it up and there's other things to do. And they've done a good job, to your point, that you're kind of making that I'll kind of try to slam home inside the ballpark. Um, now you can walk all the way around. That used to not be the case. And they did a really good job in the outfield of building up, like, the boardwalk area. So, like, they've done some fun things to try to make it more fan-friendly inside and outside. And I think if they just keep going on that, they might – you know, really have something there, but obviously the stadium is obviously going to be the hindrance for that going forward. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a weird, the whole situation down there is weird, and I know everybody's talked about it so many different times, and we have too. I'll give you one more thing, okay? Okay. The, think about this. It, because the Trop did this for me. Because it has no windows. You have no idea. If you didn't have a watch or a phone, you'd have no idea what time it is in the Trop. You don't know if you're playing a day game, yeah. You don't know if you're playing at 7 o'clock at night, at 10 o'clock at night, at whatever at night. And and so it got me thinking. It's like, what places are like that? And, like, the casino is the ultimate place for that. Oh, 100%. They don't have clocks. And, like, I'm dead tired. It's 1 in the morning. I walk into a casino. I'm like, bingo, it's 2 in the afternoon, baby. Let's go. That's true. Like, it, it just automatically happens. Like, there has to be, and there's probably something proven, and I just haven't read about it. Like, there's some psychology to that, like where you always think it's three in the afternoon, and and you're not tired. Yeah. Like casinos are the best for that. 100%. But I was sitting in the trop, and I'm like, you have no idea if it's a day game or a night game. Like you have no idea what time it is. Yeah. Again, that's true. I mean, everybody's gonna watch on the phone. I get it. But I was just, and it got me thinking. I was like, what other places are like that? So let's take a break. Like I want the cruise can be a little bit like that. Yeah. If you don't have like, like a. Well, because you turn your phone off. That is if true. I never knew what time it was. That's fair. And depending on where you're cruising, you're not on, like, Eastern time anyway, so now you're really screwed up. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't think there are a lot of places like that. Not, Cruise, I mean, casino, like that you legit, if you didn't look at your phone, would have no idea. Because even, like, on a cruise, you know if it's night or day. Hey, not if you're in one of them indoor rooms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I don't know if you had too much to drink. But, um... But you know what I'm saying. Like, you yeah. really can't. So, like, casino, you have no idea if it's 2 in the morning or 2 in the afternoon. True. And there's no hint. Because everybody's still awake. Like, you can do whatever in the casino at any time. Like, there's people ready to play the table games. There's people on the slots. Like, I think you're that's chilling. fascinating. Like, it, it kind of like, I say this about golf courses, where, like, I was at Streamsong this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, Streamsong, you could drop somebody there, not tell them where you are, and you would have no idea where you are on the planet. Interesting. Like, Streamsong is like that. Very few places are like that where you have no, you like, well, you can identify it. Nope, you wouldn't be able to identify it. Like, it's unlike any golf course, even in Florida, so it doesn't even have Florida traits. Yeah. And so, but the casino is the ultimate. I really felt like that at Tropicana. Like, these people probably have no, no uh, work there, better be looking at their watch. They have no idea what time it is ever. Amen. I tell you what. So is it fair to say Brent Martin, no fan of Tropicana Field now? No, no. Come not on. Fan, but, but a better experience. I give them props. Okay. They've done a better job at the Trop, so I give them props. Did you see the barbecue sauce? Remember when I told you about that? No. Oh, Did man. I miss that? 
No. I, I meant to remind you, but I forgot, and I actually thought of it when I was on the cruise. I was like, I forgot to tell Brent about the barbecue sauce. Well, I wish you did. Ty loves barbecue sauce, it's, too. So. It's not edible. Oh, all right. I'll tell well, you the we'll break. Back. I'm not going to okay. put them out and blast like that. We'll be back. Action Sports Show. Oh, you did tell me about the yeah. barbecue sauce. <laughs> hey, Pitt. Yeah, you did. Now that I'm saying it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 69. We're live from St. John's Golf and Country Club. Don't forget, Dream 18 card. Action Sports Shacks. Dream18.com. Discounted golf. Great Father's Day present. Just 55 bucks now. We've lowered the price. Action Sports Shacks. Dream18.com. I think the most important factor with trying to adjust to that is to simulate that and shoot around on practice. More so practice, right? You have four days before the game on Thursday, right? So you take a day off, relax, recover, heal up. But then there's also moments in practice where you can simulate, whether it's your coaching staff, your development guys, or you can somewhat try to simulate what the Warriors do so the players can get used to chasing off multiple actions. And if they don't get those reps in immediately, they might get caught off guard in game one. What do you think about the NBA Finals, the Celtics and the Warriors? Celtics have a chance? Mm, yeah. Not a big one. Like, small for sure. But, hey, Warriors lost to Toronto that one time. So, yeah, it could happen. Uh, I'm not, it's not, I'm, I'm not, like, betting that it's going to happen. But it could. Tatum's that dude. Funny. You know, I said that, uh, I, I, I said, like, did the Celtics even, is anybody give the Celtics a chance? And more people said, like, what do you mean? Oh, they had a great defense and this and this. I'm like, nobody's picking the Celtics. No. No. Like, nobody, like, who's putting money on the Celtics? Like, people are going to pick the Celtics because it doesn't cost you anything. So people, you turn on ESPN, sure, you, you want to pick, like, I would. I'd pick the Celtics just because I don't want to pick the Warriors. But, like, you don't really believe it. No. Like, I don't believe it. I, I mean, the Celtics have been good. They've been very good this postseason. They can play defense. But, I mean, the Warriors are just better. Like, the Warriors' second team feels as good as everybody else. Like, I mean, they got guys like Looney beating you. Yeah, Looney is good. I think when you look at that, like, to your point, yeah, they have so many guys on Golden State that can score, like Steph. Every night it could be somebody different. You got Steph, you got Clay, you got Wiggins, Looney, who's just incredible on the board. You got Draymond, who's a factor, doesn't score a lot, but, you know, you got Jordan Poole as well. I think when you look at Boston and you look at guys that can score at will, you got Tatum, you got Brown, you know, Smart is not that guy. He's great defensively. He's not that guy. Horford has been pretty good in these playoffs, and that's why they're where they are, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to score at will. I think it's even without Clay Thompson. Like, Clay Thompson is always their wild card now because he can just go off like he did in Game 7. I think yeah. it was against Dallas, or not Game 7, Game 5 against Dallas. Or was it 7? I don't know. I was on the boat. But anyway, the point of the story is Clay Thompson is the X factor. He and when he, that. when he goes off, there you have no chance because with everything else they have plus him, it's just unfair. Yeah, it's they're really good. They're, they are about as well-constructed of a team as, it, as you can kind of remember. Like, the Patriots... In their run, I'm not sure, are they as well constructed, or they have Brady and Belichick and make everything else work? And some years they were well constructed, but not all the time. You yeah, know, I would say, um, like San Antonio, to be honest with you, over the years, well constructed team. Their role players were terrific. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's, so I guess that kind of reminds, like the Cavs were never well constructed. No, they had LeBron. 
and LeBron. And, and again, like Miami was well constructed for a year or two, but I'm talking like even when they lose, they lose Kevin Durant, they get like in a weird way better. It feels like yeah, and they're probably not better, but you get my point. Like these other Jordan Poole is really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's uh, it's really been. I mean, they have done a terrific job. You really have to tip your cap with what the Warriors have done to maintain the success. What's this, six finals in eight years? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's a hell of a run. And what's crazy is James Wiseman, who they drafted second overall yeah. a couple years ago, hasn't played, He's hardly played. A, a second this year. And when you look at that draft, can you imagine, like, they wouldn't have because it wouldn't have made sense? LaMelo Ball. They could have had LaMelo. They could have had Patrick Williams. They could have had Tyrese Halliburton. Cole Anthony, all these dudes that went after him that would just make the team even better than they already are, even more of a juggernaut, and you have a guy that you pick second overall doesn't even play, and you're the favorite in the finals. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, so anyway, we'll talk more about the NBA finals coming up uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. Of course, uh, I hope it's a series. It'll be fun if it is. Um, By the way, like uh, games one and two right here on ESPN 690. There we go. Uh, that uh, will happen. Rangers and Lightning. You going to go sneak over for the Lightning? I'm uh, thinking about it. You know, they play on Sunday, which is cool. They play at 3 p.m., which is weird um, on Sunday. I'm not really sure why, but, uh, yeah, game three, the first game in Tampa is on Sunday. So, you know, I'm, I'm considering it, but I heard it's not cheap, Brent. Uh, probably not cheap. Those Rangers fans are buying tickets for some uh, reason. Light, the Lightning swept, you know, so we were wanted to go I told to you. Game. I told you. I can't believe that they swept. I can't. So told we you. couldn't go. But. Yeah, I, I looked today when I got here. I was like, I got to pull that clip telling Brent they're going to sweep. And then I didn't because I started talking to people in the building. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, I told you. I hate to say it, but I told you. You can go on Sunday maybe. They'll definitely play game three. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll talk more about that in a bit. I, I want to – a couple things baseball-wise. I saw two games this weekend, two hours and 23 minutes and two hours and 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, it was really good pitching. But is all that pitch clock stuff working? Like the two minutes in between? I mean, everything was pretty brisk. I think I think it's an interesting takeaway because I think you, from how you're describing it, I think you can really feel it in the stadium, right? Yeah. I think on TV or on radio, you go to break and you don't really think about, like, I'm not watching games on TV and thinking, wow, they came back quickly, right? But when you're yeah. there and seeing the whole thing happen and they're already throwing it down and guys are already getting announced like they're hitting, then it feels quicker. So I think that's an interesting takeaway from someone who was there versus watching on TV. I think this would be an interesting – more homework assignment, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, think about this a good topic to put in our back pocket of what you just said. I don't want to go here right now. But I think you're exactly right that a game – a Major League Baseball game feels so different watching it on TV than it does when you're in person. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the flow and, like, the intensity. And, like, when you see Garrett Cole pitching on TV and it's coming in, it's 100 miles an hour, and it shows you 100 miles an hour every time, and, like, he's got no hits through four innings, and the announcers help him build that up, it's like, wow, that feels like what a game to be at. Well, I was at that game. And it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, something special's happening, or this is great, this is this, or this is that, or holy cow, does he throw hard, or, like, you just consume it to- totally different mm-hmm. in person. I wonder if football and basketball and everything else is like that, or is that just, like, a me thing? Um, but I do feel like there's a totally different – it's almost more intense watching it on TV, like the, which feels weird. You'd think you'd be there, 
yeah. would make it more intense. No, that's interesting. I think I think what you're saying is right because when you're watching on TV, they can make it more intense than it is. Yeah, they can build it up. Because to be it honest might, with might you, it might just be a baseball thing, though. Yeah, I think I think it it might be because to be honest, like as exciting as it is to see Garrett Cole pitch, it's still May. You know, well, it's still it's May, not, not October. That, but and and this is not a, a knock, but it's also Tampa. Oh come it, on! No, seriously, if you're watching that game, it, if you're watching the game at Fenway Park, you can feel it more. If you're watching the game at Wrigley, you can feel it more than you can at Tampa. I mean, that's just reality. And so, like, and probably a lot of different ballparks. But I think you can feel, like, you just don't, I mean, it's a mixed crowd. There's 25,000 people there on a sellout on Saturday, and it's a mixed crowd of half Yankees and half Tampa. Mm -hmm. You know, so you don't feel it as much, I would say. Okay, uh, we'll get to that down the road or keep it in the back pocket. Because I I wonder if that's the same in football, basketball, hockey, others, or if I'm just kind of making it up. So I'm thinking. Watching the game. And I'm watching everybody warm up in between innings, to your point, right? You kind of see it go a little quicker, and you're watching all stuff. And I watch, like, it hits me when I see Friday night, I see Kevin Kiermaier. And he runs over and he talks to, like, the umpire, like the second base ump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It must have said something. Nothing, just like, hey, how do you do type thing. I was like, I wonder what he's saying, you know? And I think that's part of the fun of the big leagues. You get to know these guys and, and all that stuff. And then I go see him play catch and lob with the whoever was playing left field. And I was like, you know what's weird? Is that big leaguers still play catch in the outfield in between innings. It is a weird thing, right? Like, that is odd. Like, what yeah. does it do? What's the purpose? You never throw it to that guy. Like, you never do it. Like, the infielder, the guy at short throws it to the first baseman. He feels grounders. You never field the ball that is thrown to you the way Kiermaier was throwing it to the left field. That's He wasn't throwing a pop-up. He wasn't throwing a ground ball. And then when you throw it back to Kiermaier, you never throw it to the guy in center field. That's such, So, like, why? Why do they do it? It's such an interesting takeaway because that's not even where I was going, but that makes sense. My thought was, what, we're going to forget how to throw? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are we wasting our time doing this? That's where I come from. It, like, like my, we're I loose. This, we're good. I, yeah, I said this to the kids. And the kids were like, oh, what do you mean? What, he doesn't have to throw, like, in the seventh inning to throw a runner out of the plate and he's not warmed up. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what is he accomplishing in between these eight throws that he has? It's not like he's warming his arm up to throw in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Yeah. To throw a guy out at the plate. I mean, the guy plays every day. And you're inevitably going to get hit a ground ball for a base hit that you're going to throw in. I'm loose. Okay. So, like, I really, it crossed my, I've been watching baseball for all these years. And it hit me Friday night. And I'm like, I don't understand why the guy does it. Don't make no sense. Okay, so then I'm also watching every time they're done, Margot or Kiermaier or whatever, they don't throw the ball in. They throw it to the outfield. Mm-hmm. To the fans. Yes. I'm like, great. That's great. Right? Good stuff. And Good stuff. So then I'm saying, okay, here's Brent Martineau is going to be an outfielder in the big leagues in the next few years. I'm yeah. a rising star, okay? Sure. And I'm going to get drafted, and I'm going to go to the big leagues someday. And I start a new thing. I buy 60 baseballs for every game. Uh, every game. Okay. And I'm playing center field, by the way. I can really run. I'm a five-tool guy. So okay. the, the cops that come out of center field so nobody jumps on the field, like in between innings. Yep. He brings me ten baseballs in between innings every game. Homer away. Brings me a Sharpie. 
Oh, my goodness. I autographed that ball. Throw it. Throw it. Yeah. Autograph. Autograph. Throw it. So 50 or 60. So let's just say 50. Ten balls an inning. Every other inning so I can warm up my arm just in case. Uh All right? And now I'm a cult hero. That would be cool. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, they want those seats. They want those seats because they got a chance to catch one of 50 balls from me, rising star Brent Martin, a five-tool player, out in center field, home or away. And so the most expensive seats in the ballpark sooner or later might be those out in center field or right center field hoping that I throw them a ball. Great branding for me. Great branding for the organization. Somebody probably sponsors it. It's the most unique thing done in baseball in a while. It's fan-friendly. It's, it's ingenious. And by the way, it's going to cost me, I figure, somewhere in the neighborhood of $100,000 for balls and everything. Yeah. That's even if I don't get them cost, and that's if I don't get it sponsored by Rawlings or whoever else. Mm-hmm. And I am making tenfold that because I'm doing it. i got to go perform and still be a star and all this stuff, but... I have just changed the game I, in big league baseball fandom. i am be honest with you now. In the last year since I've been here, you said a lot of dumb things, right? That might be the best thing you've said yet to me uh, since I've been here over the last year. It's truly a well-thought-out idea. Um, it's, it's incredible. Well Give done. me a pitfall. Like, there, what's the pitfall? There's none. There's not really any. I mean, you understand the cost of baseballs, which is good. You um, estimated that. Uh, you're going to want to use ballpoint pen and not Sharpie. Okay. Cool. So let's keep that. And so then the real question would be for, like, the people that are, like, you know, in the autograph world, are you going to sign before the games, or is that the only time you're ever signing? Uh, no, I probably – I mean, I, I probably would sign other times, too, whatever the norm is. Uh-huh. Um, Maybe a little less of the norm, but probably before the games. This is like an in-game experience for the fans. Because right now, in between innings, I'm doing really nothing to accomplish my task that night. And I'm being fan-friendly. Which, by the way, we're now miking players up in big league baseball. So the managers, shut up. You can't worry about it. We're doing interviews for coaches after the end of first quarter in basketball and period and hockey and Mm -hmm. halftime and football. Like, we're doing these things. So baseball, get more fan-friendly. Next big thing, outfielder, come on up. Believe me, they'll take care. They'll worry about the 80 grand, all right? They'll take care of that tenfold. You will do the most unique thing and the first time it's ever been done in big league baseball. And you will become a cult hero. And that's not why you do it. You do it to give the fans a heck of an experience. But the fans go to the game to catch a foul ball, to get an autograph, to get that memory and moment. We all know that. That's why we love going. Say we're there. Well, 50 people are going home with Brent Martineau's autograph that night. I'm telling you, man. For 162 games. It's a good idea. I like it. I think the only thing that just popped into my head now, you got to make sure you don't hit somebody that's not paying attention. That, well, that's true. I mean, you got to be careful. What was, that? was that Josh Hamilton? Uh, yeah. Yeah, see, you don't want that situation. You got to be careful of that anyway. Well, but just make sure you get it my there. Point, my point being is they're not throw like, that usually, that was such a one-off thing, number one, and it hasn't derailed judge and others from throwing it like, correct judge went out to center field if aaron judge did that oh my gosh like he already is huge he probably doesn't need to do it but if he did what i just said huh, they'd like him at fenway park that's true i'd be out there trying to get one to be honest with you 
Like, I mean, it's a good idea. It's really, it's well done. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I like it. So, anyway, um, that's a way to make the cheap seats expensive in your ballpark, by the way, MLB. There you go. All right, we got to take a break. I love it. This break's going to get expensive. Glad you liked it. Thanks. Uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Oof, that sun just went down. Thank goodness. It's a hot one out here. Hey, it's summer. It's supposed to be hot. Last day of May. Hope you had a good Memorial Day weekend, having a good Tuesday to start this shortened week. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. on a Tuesday action sports jacks on ESPN 690 had to look down at the calendar to see what day it was wanted to say Monday knew that was wrong but it is Tuesday right here on ESPN 690 a couple minutes before we get to the top of the hour we got football at five coming up uh Bram Martineau gonna maybe take a shot or two at Dan Orlowski that's something that he doesn't usually do but doesn't like one of his tweets surprising that Brent doesn't like somebody's tweet how the table's have turned. So we'll get into that. Also, while I was floating around in the middle of the ocean on a big old cruise ship, I was floating with a bunch of other people, by the way, had this idea, right? I was watching some, an international sports channel. That's what they had on the boat. And this popped in my head. Why are the two biggest sports in the United States sports nobody cares about other than in our country? It's fascinating to me because then the two biggest sports outside of our country, we don't care about that much here in the United States. So I think that's a fascinating why is that? Just a question I have. Me and Brett will talk about that. We'll continue talking about on that OT as well. Tonight at 6 o'clock, only going until 6.20 because we got Jumbo Shrimp Baseball at 6.35. we got plenty more to do next hour and up until 6.20. Stick with us. We'll be right back on ESPN 690.